1: even know where to begin to tell you how excited I am about today's guest. I mean, I can't believe it. I got Carol Burnett on Rolanda On Demand. But for me, this is really particularly special because today I get to tell Carol Burnett that I actually did my senior high school project on her and she has no idea how much she inspired the would-be comedian in me. It's funny because now here I am in my 50s and I'm doing stand-up comedy. And a lot of it has to do with being inspired from the very beginning by Carol Burnett. And of course, I'm not the only one. Some of the biggest comedians on earth were inspired by Carol Burnett. And boy, did she have an impact on our lives. I don't know about you, but my family would sit around the TV at, together. You remember back when families watched TV together? <laughs> well, we would sit down there in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and wait for Carol Burnett to come on. And the whole family would marvel and laugh till it hurt at some of the craziest antics that she did with that crazy Tim Conway and and Vicki Lawrence and... and uh, Harvey Corman and Lyle Wagner. It was a wonderful show. (laughs) You think all I had to do was... You button up your lip. Now, you have been great, just great, ever since Mama had her accident, but you got to remember that I am the one that's been wheeling her around in that wheelchair for the past two days, and I am sorry, but I just don't have time to go out and buy you a medal. Now, did you remember to bring Mama's hand cream? She was worrying me sick that you'd forget it. Well, how could I forget it? That's what I went over there for... And let me tell you something. Do you know that the Carol Burnett show ran for 11 years, averaging 30 million viewers a week? Oh, my God. What TV people would give for 30 million viewers a week? She received 25 Emmy Awards for that show, y'all. And, of course, it became one of the most popular and most honored shows in television history. And, listen, a lot of people are gawking at it now. She's getting a whole new audience. With so many different vehicles now to watch vintage shows, you can still watch the Carol Burnett show. But she is such a highly acclaimed actress. Miss Burnett has been honored with Emmys and Golden Globes and People's Choice Awards, the Horatio Alger Award and even the Ace Award, the Peabody, a Grammy. But let me tell you how I know Mrs. Burnett. I know her, I've never met her in person. This will be my first time meeting her. But I know her daughters, Jody, Hamilton, and Carrie. Uh, God, rest in peace, Carrie. I know she's smiling here. I got to do a movie with the two girls. It was one of those typical Hollywood scenes. I'd first gotten here to Hollywood. I'm standing by a pool at a pool party. These two Langley young ladies come up to me and they say, would you like to play Dorothy Dandridge in a movie? I said, let me think about it a second. Yes! And we shot this short film. It was called Defying the Stars, and I played Dorothy Dandridge and it highlights Dorothy Dandridge, Frida Kahlo, and Sylvia Ploth an hour before each of their deaths. It's up there on YouTube. Go check it out. It's called Defying the Stars. And Carol Burnett's daughters produced and directed it. And you know, I I never got to meet her. So I am really excited to meet her today. And at 85 years old, she's still going strong, giving such inspiration to the rest of us. She's also doing a new show. I don't know if you caught it on Netflix, but here's another one the whole family can enjoy. It's called A Little Help with Carol Burnett. And it's a show she actually came up with and is now hosting on Netflix. (laughs) And it's whereby she talks to kids from five years old to nine years old. And she has them give their straight-up, honest advice to celebrities and ordinary people um, about family, about love, about divorce, about friendship. And I'm going to tell you, some of the things that come out of these little kids' mouths will have you uh, not only laughing, but have your jaw drop. (laughs) Some of them are pretty smart. And the celebrities on this show are no joke. Mrs. Burnett has quite a few uh, connections, I would say. Uh, folks like Mark Cuban, the billionaire, DJ Khaled, he's on there, Taraji P. Henson, who, by the way, just got engaged to her big football hunk of a hunk of man, uh, Lisa Kudrow, And uh, wait till you hear what the kids said to her. And also Wanda Sykes and so many more. It's an exciting little show.
0: When it comes to honesty, we go to the ones who only
1: do honesty, kids. And these kids pull no punches. I have this coworker. He likes to play pranks on me while I'm at work. Can you get rid of him? But Ms. Burnett also spoke with me about what it's been like being a woman in the entertainment industry, particularly in the male-dominated comedy industry back in the day. We're going back to the 50s, y'all.
0: It was funny, like, back in the day, um, you know, if, uh, if a sketch wasn't working, and if Jackie Gleason or Sid Caesar or any of them would talk to their writers, they'd say, hey guys, this stinks. Now go fix it. This is awful. What's going on? You know, that was a guy and they would respect that. But in my day, if a woman did that, she'd be considered a
1: bitch. We're also going to hear Mrs. Burnett tell us about her close relationship with Lucille Ball and how she dealt with being a woman in the business, owning a studio. She called me kid and because I she was 22
0: years older than I and I remember she said you know that she she said kid I had to be the boss and that's when they put the s on the end of my last name. (laughs) Woo!
1: Okay you're going to hear Mrs. Burnett like you've never heard before so sit back and get ready for this wonderful fascinating open and honest interview and a lot of fun. Also if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast. That would mean the world to me so you don't miss any of the other great interviews I have coming up. And go and check some of the ones that are already up there. And do me a favor, please. Could you let at least 10 of your friends know? Post me on your Facebook page. Tweet me out. Let your friends know that we're having a good time over here so they can uh, come on and subscribe as well. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter at Rolanda Watts. And of course, that's R-O-L-O-N-D-A-W-A-T-T-S, at Rolanda Watts. And we're going to get right into our show right after this, here on Rolanda On Demand. It's road time. Welcome to Rolanda On Demand. I love my podcast because we not only tackle the tough issues of the day, but we deal with hot topics, celebrity interviews, This is Rolanda On Demand. And now, Carol Burnett. Hi, dear. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Where are you? I I am in Hollywood, your your hometown, (laughs) in Los (laughs) Angeles. You know, it's such a joy to speak with you. I I kind of claim myself as one of your daughters, whether you know it or not. <laughs> I know. I know. That's because, fine by me. Because I adore Jody and I adore Carrie, and she's still with me, and I just adore you so much as well. You have no idea. And I'm not going to gush and gush. This is all about you today. <laughs> Oh, honey, gush all you want. <laughs> well, you know something. I did do my senior high school project on you, and I was probably no kidding. No kidding. I you were my senior high school project. I used to do oh. the character Fanny Bodenheimer that was very Carol Burnett esque. <laughs> and I oh, God, I know. I think I think you you encourage this little black girl in the South to want to be a comedian. So thank you. <laughs> oh, terrific, Rolanda. I am so excited for this. You know, every stage of your life has been one of joy for all of us. You know, you give so much of yourself, and I'm just looking. You just had your 85th birthday, and you got a brand new show. You are yeah. you are doing it. Talk to me about <laughs> talk to me about this stage in life and and doing new things. This is so exciting. Well,
0: you know, it it was well, it's not that difficult, and uh, you know, and it's just. Uh, uh, with these little kids and it's unscripted so there's no rehearsal and uh we just go in and uh, we did 12 of them in 2 weeks you know we did our whole series in 2 weeks and uh it's it was just a lot of fun and uh I would not today do another show uh <laughs> you know the regular uh you know sitcom or anything like that because we had we had the best uh, you know, and the and we were there at the right time and at the right age. You know, when we could do a show, and the network didn't even ask to see a script.
1: Wow, That's they amazing. just let us.
0: They they said, "Here's a show. You're the artist. Go do your thing. And if you get good ratings, we'll pick you up again." You know, now there are just too many cooks. You know, and uh, the sponsors have to get in. The network has to get in. All the writers have to get in. And I've done some, you know, we used to do our show, which was uh, we'd tape an hour and 15 minutes. And with all of the costume changes, the musical numbers, the sketches and the dance numbers, and all of that, we would do that in about the time it would take to look at a Broadway show.
1: Wow. Wow. And then
0: we'd be out and we could take our guest stars that week to dinner. And uh, so now it's ridiculous. I, I've done uh, some guest shots on sitcoms where there's 21 minutes, 22 minutes of show, you know, because of the commercials. And they take five hours to tape 22 minutes, which is nuts, you know, <laughs> in front of an audience, you know, who is just, just, you know, they're there so long, I think they have to go home and shave again, you know.
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know- it was so, I, I was impressed to find out just, just reading that there was so much respect for your voice in everything that you did. You know, so much of, of of women in comedy has been, you know, a tough game, but you had such good teamwork on that show. I think that's what yes, came across so much, too. Right. And, uh,
0: you know, I actually, I I wasn't acting like the boss. The boss was Joe uh, Hamilton. That was, you know, Jody's dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a producer of the Gary Moore show, which was where we met and he produced my show. So he kind of ran everything behind the scenes for the most part. So it wasn't that I had to go in and, and deal with the lighting or the, with the scenery or with the, you know, and uh, occasionally, of course, with the writing. Um, but I, it's, it was funny, like back in the day, um, you know, if uh, if a sketch wasn't working and if Jackie Gleason or Sid Caesar or any of them would talk to their writers, they'd say, hey, guys, this stinks. Now go fix it. This is awful. What's going on? You know, that was a guy. And they would respect that. But in my day, if a woman did that, she'd be considered a bitch. Yeah, you know, or the diva or something, you know, so I kind of tiptoed around everything, you know, (laughs) and I would say, gee, guys, you know, this uh, sketch, I'm not doing this very well. Can you help me out here and give me like another line or two? (laughs) And that way they would do it and nobody's feelings were hurt and there was no confrontation and so i wasn't labeled a bitch. <laughs>
1: exactly. Well, i tell you, you yeah. had you were working with or i think it was your mentor back in the 1960s, Lucille Ball, one of the women yes. who owned her own studio. What are some of the greatest pieces of, of advice that she gave you that you could pass on to to women in the business? Well, she
0: never your... she never really gave me advice at all. We just kind of had a lot of fun together, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, she uh, after uh, she and Desi. Uh, uh got a divorce and she really had to be the boss and uh so, and I remember what she said and she called me kid and cuz i she was 22 years older than i and i remember she said you know that she she said kid i had to be the boss and that's when they put the s on the end of my last name
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it I love- <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall, just watching the two of you out to lunch.
0: <laughs> oh, we had a good time. She was uh, she gave me a black tie baby shower when I was pregnant with Jody.
1: <laughs> a black tie
0: baby shower. Yeah, and good, which where it was in the evening, it served dinner, and the men came in tuxedos, and the women were all dressed up. And then at that time, she was married to a comedian, uh, Gary Morton. And he uh, opened all the baby gifts and he did, you know, he did riffs on the baby gifts and it was so, so much fun. And he was very funny. And as everybody was leaving, the men were saying, gosh, you girls really have a lot of fun at these showers, don't you?
1: You (laughs) I was about to say, that's one way you get the guys to come. And Jody never told me that
0: story. (laughs) Oh, they had a ball. You know, because Gary was so funny, you know, he opened baby gifts, you know, like diapers and and I don't know what all, you know, and and he would just do, he would just improvise these very funny lines about each one of the gifts. It was as if he was doing a show in Vegas. Oh, my gosh. uh, Yeah, and, and that was a lot of fun. And then Lucy, God lover, she would always send me flowers on my birthday. And would say happy birthday, kid. And then this one morning, I woke up. It was my birthday, and I turned on uh, the early morning shows, and she had died oh on my, my birthday. God. Isn't
1: that yeah. ironic?
0: And Gosh. I got flowers that afternoon. Said happy birthday, kid.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: Yeah, wow.
1: Yeah. Do you still feel her with you?
0: I, I don't think. so. Oh, I do. I think about her all the time.
1: Yeah. You know, I,
0: she she was a, she was a good pal. She was a good buddy. And I remember when she first, when I first met her, she came to see me uh, the second night of my uh, off Broadway debut in a show called Once Upon a Mattress. Yes. And She came to see me in that and came backstage and talked to me for about 25 minutes. And she said, "Kid, if you ever need me for anything, you give me a you give me a holler." So about four or five years later, I was doing pretty well, and CBS had offered me to do an hour special if. I could get a major guest star. So <laughs> the uh, producer said, well, you ought to call Lucy. And I, w- I was too embarrassed. I said, oh, no, I don't want to bother her. And he said, "All oh, she told you. I said, that was five years ago, you know. <laughs> he said, well, all she can do is say no, you know. So I screwed up the courage and I called her office and she got on the phone right away and, hey, kid, how are you doing? You're doing great, da-da-da. And she said, uh, uh, and I said, I'm calling Lucy, and I know you're busy. I, can't, you know, I just couldn't blurt it out. She said, "What is it?" Finally, I said, "Well, I'm doing this special for CBS," and before I could finish the sentence, she said, "When and where do you want me?"
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like how, the way I feel with this podcast and you. <laughs> <laughs> When and where? (laughs) When and where? I love it. I love you. You know, this, I have over your seven decades, you've done so much, but I don't think I've ever seen you with children. I watched the show, I I binged on the show, I have to tell you, and I couldn't take (laughs) the smile off my my face. It's the sweetest show. Those kids are tough. They give great advice. They make Aren't you. They laugh. Adorable? Oh my yeah. god! And that little Caleb, I want to put him in a jar and bring him home. <laughs> oh
0: hello, hello! He is amazing. He's an only kid. He is so smart, and his uh, it, the main thing he loves is uh, science. Hmm. He's way into. I mean, major, major. You know, I think he's gonna, he's going to do great things, and he's so sweet. And at the end of you know when we did the. The final um, twelve, you know, the last show. He gave me a what do you call? It? I'm technically, you know, like back in the covered wagon days. Is it a thumb drive? Yeah, it, you know what I mean. Where you yeah. put it in, in your computer, and then you get a you get a video, right? Whatever it was. Anyway, he gave that something like that to me, and uh, somebody fi- figured it out. We plugged it into my computer, and there he is. Sitting at the piano, what? Playing my theme song.
1: What? Yeah, no. he said this,
0: this is for you, Miss Carol. And he played my he 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 plays the piano and he played my theme song. And then I, and he said, "Hope you liked it, kid." Oh, I just. Uh, I mean, I. Uh, I I started to cry. I'm about
1: to cry. (laughs) Yeah,
0: And I asked his mother, I said, how how in the world, he got the music and he worked on it for about a month. What?
1: How old is he, like seven?
0: No, he's uh, nine or ten. Nine,
1: okay, all right, because he's a little guy. My goodness. But now, you know,
0: we can't, if we get picked up, we can't have him back because the age range, you know, it's really from five to about nine. Because that's where they don't censor themselves at that uh, stage.
1: Uh, you know,
0: they're they're just brutally honest, and they don't think should I say this or should I not say this. It just comes out. So that's and, and also they're not actors.
1: They're mm-hmm. you know they're
0: real kids, and so uh, we, we would have if we come back next year, we'd have a whole new bunch.
1: Yeah, well, I was going to ask you if they were actors, and, and what I was really impressed with is you have some heavy hitters. You've got Mark Cuban, the billionaire, Taraji P. Henson, yeah. Lisa Kudrow, and these kids are just talking to them like, "Sit down, I got something yeah. to tell you, kiddo."
0: Yeah, well, and some of the kids didn't know who
1: they were. Exactly. I re- I you loved know, it when they. Asked, was... I loved it when they asked Lisa Kudrow, "What was what was that show you were on? Something about Friends? Yeah, what was Friends? <laughs> what,
0: what, what 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 do you mean by Friends?" <laughs> Well, that's that's what's so wonderful about it, you know, because kids at that age, they're they're not jaded and they're really so innocent. And, I mean, they didn't know who I was until we started to do the show. And I'm sure their mothers showed them, you know, some DVDs or we were on YouTube and that. So then they did know me, you know, exactly. uh, from all of that. But before that, I don't think uh, they knew who I was.
1: Now, I understand you were a very precocious kid yourself. What's this about you having an imaginary twin? <laughs> well
0: there was a, a, a boy who was in it we had uh about four or five kids that were in the neighborhood and everything and there was, was this one boy uh, his name was asher i remember <laughs> and we lived in an apartment building uh in hollywood and my grandmother and i our apartment our room i should say was right on the lobby where the lobby was the first door you saw as you would come into the lobby would be our door You know, and so uh, Asher would sit in the lobby and read comic books and stuff. And I don't know, I was bored one day and I uh, came out to the lobby and I said, Asher, I'm um, I'm going to the store, but I'm expecting my twin sister from Canada uh, and she should be coming in. So would you just, uh, (laughs) you know. a pointer to the door. And he said, what, you got a twin sister? And I said, Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So I went out the lobby. Then I went around to the back of the building. We were on the first floor where I climbed into our room. I changed my clothes, climbed back out of the window, ran back around <laughs> to the lobby again in different clothes. And I said, oh, hello. I said, I'm Carol's uh, sister, Karen. Uh, can you tell me where her room is? And he just stared at me over there. I said, oh, thank you very much, you know. And I knocked on the door and I had my grandmother open the door because she was in on this. And I went in to the room and then I started saying, oh, it's so good to see you. Well, it's so good to be here. Oh, that, I'm doing two voices. Then I, I don't remember how, I, anyway, it, I, I was able to get back in and then back. And I did this for about two or three days to him. And then I got so tired, I gave it up.
1: And the sister disappeared.
0: <laughs> yeah, she she went back home to wherever she was from.
1: <laughs> I was also impressed that, to learn that you were interested in journalism at one time. Is that right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I was editor of my junior high school paper and also the Hollywood High School News. And I thought that's what I would do when I went to UCLA. But they didn't have a major in journalism so uh, I don't joined the newspaper, the Daily Bruin, and I took a, a class in journalism. But uh, then I looked in the catalog, and they had uh, uh, listed theater arts, English, where I could take the playwriting courses. So I joined up and made, made theater arts, English, my major. But I didn't realize until I got into there, that major that uh, no matter what you wanted to do as freshman, you had to take a course in scenery building, in costumes, lighting, and acting. And so I go, oh dear. You know, <laughs> I remember I had to do a scene for the class and I was pretty nervous. And they had done all very heavy dramatic stuff and I had picked uh, something light to do. And I did it and uh, they laughed where they were supposed to. And I thought, <laughs> whoa, that, that's a good feeling. So uh, then one of the students, Asked me if I would be in a one act uh, because there were there was uh, classes where uh, students would write one acts and students would um, you know uh, appear in them. So I said sure. So I got into this one act and I played a comedic role and got lots of laughs. And then uh, after that, some even seniors from uh, you know UCLA would come up to me on campus and say, Would you like to have lunch with us? And gosh, all of a sudden, you know, I'm, wow, I'm popular. (laughs) And I thought, this this is really kind of a nice feeling. So I totally changed my attitude and decided I wanted to be a performer.
1: Yeah. There's nothing like making people laugh. I can't imagine the joy that you must feel. It's
0: the best feeling. Yeah. It's the best feeling ever.
1: Yeah. What makes you laugh?
0: Oh, I'm a good audience. I am a good audience, but, you know, I, but what makes me laugh is cleverness, mm-hmm. you know, and surprise and stuff. I'm, I'm not a prude, but I'm very, uh, I just, I'm, I just turn away from gratuitous uh, uh, material, you know, when people, uh, they when they get blue just to get a laugh, I don't think that's clever. I think it's just too easy, you know, and I, I think back to, um, oh gosh, when, we had our show, and it was all in the family, and MASH, and Mary Tyler Moore, and and uh, Bob Newhart, and us. There wasn't one blue thing in it. It was very cleverly written. All of it. You think of Norman Lear, and you think of people who wrote Mary's show, Dick Van Dyke, Carl Reiner. You look at those shows today; they hold up. Yeah. Because funny is they're funny as funny, and the whole family could watch it.
1: Right. Exactly, you we know, miss those days. And, I yeah,
0: you. I'm. I'm really. I, it's been. I've been quoted. In fact, it was in, a, in an article recently where I said, "If I, if I hear one more penis joke, I'm going to throw up."
1: <laughs> well, listen, I'm trying stand up comedy now, so I'm going to extend an ex- invitation to you, and you continue to encourage me. Just one last question: We're coming sure. up on May nineteenth. You've got a big deal coming up. You're receiving a major award. Uh huh. And yep. is that right? The Peabody? Is it? Yeah. The Peabody Award.
0: Yeah, it's and, the first first one of its kind. It's something about career achievement, uh, or you know, life achievement, whatever it is. That it, so this is the first one of its kind, and it's been since 1962. I got my first one for working on the Gary Moore show.
1: Wonderful. And just to wrap it up, Mother's Day is coming up. I know you're a great mom, and I just want to just to, you to say whatever you have to say about motherhood. And and what you would say to all the moms out there?
0: Well, to all the moms out there, I say, let your kids live their own lives. Don't interfere unless somebody's in danger. <laughs> you know, <laughs> otherwise, you know, uh, once they grow up, be a friend. But when they're little, don't be their best friend. Be their mom, and yeah. you know, let love them enough sometimes to let them really hate you. <laughs> That's you know? really because great if, advice. It really is, you know, if if they want to do something and they have a temper tantrum, they don't get down on their level, you know, and they say, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Okay, that's fine, but I love you enough to let you do that.
1: Hmm. I know that you love Carrie, and Carrie is, oh. I know she's around you. I was reading something where you talked about the bird of paradise. And how right. that comes back to you as memories, and I just see those dreadlocks with all the different colors coming. Out. I, I, you <laughs> I know, know, I used to, I used to call her my little colored girl. <laughs> you never knew what she was going to do. <laughs> she had different colored dreadlocks. Everything. Yeah. She was one of the most delightful free spirits, and I thank she you, was. I thank you for her so much.
0: Well, there. I want to leave you with one thing that she said when she was very sick in the hospital. You know, and. um, I was walking down the hall this one day to go see her and the nurse stopped me and she said, I want to talk to you a little bit about Carrie. And I thought, Oh God, what? You know? And she said, you know, when we go in that room, you know, there, she is very deathly ill, but she's smiling and she cheers us up. And I, and she said, and I asked her, I said, Carrie, how can you, you know, in this the way you feel and everything be so up and cheerful. And Carrie's words were, Every day I wake up and decide, and this is a key word, Rolanda. Decide. Every day I wake up and decide. Today I'm going to love my life.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: That's a good mantra.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, I love. I love you. Thank you for Carrie and Jody, and I thank love you, so sweetheart. Much. I'm so thank proud you. of you, and for I finally got to speak to the to my. Goddess on Earth, here. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> you just you're, are, you're, you're love talking so much to you. laughter. Love talking to you too. To be continued. Thanks, girl. <laughs> bye, bye. Take you. care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Bold Radio. It's Rolanda. In
1: my story, where I did do it one time to a guy, it's because he looked like Morse Chestnut. Ooh. Ooh. But he was <laughs> dumb as Dornick. <laughs> I think we've Amy, all done the L-O. Amy, my angel, I'm going to tell your mother on you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but if my <laughs> mom saw him a vet, she'd be proud of me, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect.
1: It's road Time. Welcome back to Rolanda On Demand. I certainly hope you enjoyed this episode of Rolanda On Demand, and it means the world to me that you're tuning in. I hope that you hit that subscribe button so that when I have another great interview coming up, you'll know right away, because you never know when I'm going to pop them up. I just, you know, kind of just do it when I feel like it. And I've got some great ones coming, so just stay tuned. This is going to be fun, and I promise you, y'all, they're going to get better. I would love for you to give me a review Hit that five-star button if you really like the show, and I would appreciate some constructive criticism. You can also write me. You can email me at Rolanda at Rolanda.com, and my name is spelled R-O-L-O. There's an O in the middle. R-O-L-O. I can't spell my own name. R-O-L-O-N-D-A at Rolanda.com. Rolanda at Rolanda.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter and LinkedIn. And you know what? I think I'm going to get me a Snapchat. Is that still hot today? Let me know. (laughs) I might get on Snapchat too. But anyway, every social media platform counts. And um, so I'm not even going to take that for granted, but you can follow me there at Rolanda Watts. That's at Rolanda Watts, R-O-L-O-N-D-A. And don't forget that summertime is coming up. So pick up a copy of my hot romance novel. It's called Destiny Lingers, and it's an interracial love story that um, I think you might really like. It's juicy, it's good, easy reading, great for the beach, great for that travel bag, and when you're taking a great break for the holiday called summer, which is coming up. So anyway, I will talk with you in the next episode. Keep them streaming, and thanks so much for listening. I guess I almost feel like saying, I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh and sing a song, and seems as if we just get started comes a time we have to say, so long. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to Rolanda On Demand. Now go out there and do something good.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite
1: Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.